Good morning, everyone. It's good to see visitors and extra folks here. It's good. Um, I've been praying for people that they get well and healthy and are able to come and, and enjoy with us. And I didn't know God was going to send us a whole family, so that's neat. <laughs> uh, sermon title, How to Utilize God's Love. Some of the scriptures in the Bible about love are just absolutely amazing. And uh, any topic, I guess, that you would take and try to expand on just a word or two can really get you interested. I got into uh, three words that were in the Bible, not more than three times in Bible texts. And I think four hours vanished. <laughs> from looking it up in the Hebrew and looking it up in the Greek and, and finding out how it translated and all of those things that can be a lot of interesting things to do, uh, just enjoyable to be in God's Word. So today on love, how to utilize God's love. The first thing that I uh, want to bring up and want to talk about is what I had to memorize when I was young. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So I'll go to, through it fairly quickly. And uh, my eyesight is very good today. Uh, but if I stumble once in a while or have to look twice, you'll know it's the two eyes fighting with each other. <laughs> Who's in charge? <laughs> okay, so here we go. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the whole chapter, 13 verses. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, that's what we're after here. Charity, which is another way of saying love. It's part of the word love. Can be translated love. Uh, I am become as sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. If we bank it on this item or that item or that item, we're going to come up short. That's what these first four verses are about. Here, um, I wrote over here to the side, um, if I have not, and then I guess you could put three dots. <laughs> okay. Uh, verse two, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. I don't have it. I'm nothing. And this word mountains brings me back to that four hours I told you I studied. Um, when you can pray and say to this mountain to move and it'll have to do it. Another way of saying that is to trans transfer this energy from here to there or this soil from here to there or translate. Interesting. Translate. This object is translated. It's moved. Something happened to it. So this word mountains in here pops up. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt, and though and have not charity, I am nothing. It profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. So that's the not side of it. But the next six verses is really what I want to get to. Some of them are pretty short. 
But take a, take a good look at it because this is what you can do and be busy serving the Lord. Verse 5. Um, so this charity doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fail, fail, fail. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Be translated, disappear, go away, be gone. <laughs> uh, okay, verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, and I started thinking about that too, things that we did when we were young, things that were important to us when we were young. I can remember hooking up little pieces of wire um, to a battery and have the light turn on. Wow. Okay, here we are. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Something deeper in the way of knowledge of the Heavenly Father, for sure, and knowledge of the Scripture. For now we see, uh, see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Love. Doing things in love toward one another and for one another and for the Lord, our love. Um, in uh, Romans 13, verse 10, it says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. There's a few more words there. But that's the thought. In fact, I, I think I wanted to read a couple extra verses there. So go with me to Romans 13. Go with me to Romans 13. And uh, starting with verse 10. Yes, I wanted to read four verses here. So start with verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, that it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Whoa, I've got red underlines, I've got green underlines, I've got red on the side. This is a special verse. Oh, by the way, this is my textbook. I've got all kinds of marks in it. Do you do the same with your textbooks? Yeah, yeah, i got all kinds of marks in mine. Red and green and blue and because it's important. Verse 12. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting. Ooh, we've had some of that, haven't we? Around us. And drunkenness, yeah, that's there in our world. Not in chambering and wantonness, but in strife, or not in strife or envying, 
But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. That's a direct command to us. We see these other things around us. And sometimes there's awful weird stuff. Lots of black in the stores these days and cobwebs hanging up in the stores. And you think, should I shop here or is it? (laughs) What is going on? Uh, Our world ought not to be that way. We should be that last verse. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That should be the most important thing in our world and in our life. To talk of the spiritual things and to do spiritual things and to promote Jesus Christ, to promote the saving of souls. Uh, There's a time of trouble coming, even worse than what we've got already. And uh, Jesus is the one that's going to fix it. We should be able to talk about that and have some verses in mind, have something to, to communicate with. In fact, I'm looking at some little pamphlets and things that could be carried in a shirt pocket. And if you ever lose what you need, <laughs> you just pull out and you got some verses with you, ready to go, um, to, something to talk about. So uh, it says to make no provision for the flesh. That is a biggie. You start thinking of all the things that the world wants to give us, what Satan wants to give us, what's to drag us away, keep us from doing what we should be doing for the Lord. Satan's constantly teasing, pushing something in front of us, isn't it? Sugars, cookies. (laughs) Doesn't the computer do that? It gives you cookies, it gives you... Right. Most of them don't help a whole lot. They get you in more trouble. Uh, We need to uh, be thinking of the spiritual side of life and being able to to go after spiritual things that should be our lusts and our desires. So going on, oh yes, when I uh, put a little note here on the side, just a half a line, but it is now high time to awake. Wow. You know, I can think back. What is it, 70 years now? No, not 70, I guess, but (laughs) pretty close. To sermons I heard when I was young. This is the words that was used. To put away those things that are distracting us and to uh, turn to the Lord at high time. Uh, You've heard the truth. You've heard the messages. You know the Bible. You've read some of the Bible. You've had Sabbath school classes. Why aren't you accepting Christ as your Savior and being baptized? And in my church, he used to come to the front and pray, kneel down and pray. Yeah. When I was 10 years old, I had seen the bad side of life. I did not want anything to do with that. I wanted to be righteous. I wanted to, in fact, the river, I've told this before, some of you know, the river was so small and it was uh, east of Vancouver, Washington, that I had to kneel down and kind of crunch down because the water was so low. And when they baptized me in this flowing water coming off of the hills, <laughs> it was cold. I wanted to be sure that every part of me got under the water when he dipped me over. And I thought, when he tips me back, is my knees going to stick out? You know, I wanted to be sure I was cleansed. It was high time to make that transition to a spiritual life. At 10 years old, I tell people I had a feeling at that time that I'd be a Bible teacher or a preacher or something. I didn't know what I was talking about, but I guess that's a calling. When you don't know really what's going to happen, how are you going to do it? I guess that's a calling. 
when I was 17, I got a calling again. And when I was 20, 20, yeah, 20 when we moved to Stanbury, Missouri. Where is that? <laughs> it was a fly speck on the map, at least. <laughs> and when I got there, I wasn't so sure. <laughs> you mean people actually live here? <laughs> uh, uh, but the spiritual life was very good. It was good to have that experience and to be there and to... Uh, we were there two years and then back to Canada for 22 years, 22 years, yeah. And then then to Michigan for a year at, at Bible school, Springvale Academy. And that was a blessing. But uh, you never know which way life is going to take us. And now I can't believe that that's over 35 years ago. Wow. Where does time go? <laughs> I guess we need to take its high time. Spend the time while you're there doing for the Lord every step of your life all the way along. Do something for the Lord. Okay, I want to go to um, another thought here. You know, sometimes we, in this love idea, sometimes we don't consider how much love we need to spend on people or to nourish them, uplift them, and encourage them. Um, everybody has some good in them, and we need to find that good and pass it on. I was going to bring another booklet today, and I thought, no, that's on a different topic. But we need to find the love in every person's way of life and, and their behavior mannerisms. Everybody's got something good. And we got something to visit with them about then, right? Visit with them. Show them that God loves them, that we love them. We'd like to see them go all the way. And don't always look at the bad side or the sad side of life, the sorrowful side of life. Uh, I think it's a lot easier to do that one. Oh, no, did I say that? <laughs> we got to push ourselves to find the good side of life and, and what we can encourage people with, what they're doing that's good. Um, many times we look for the worst and it brings out faults that shouldn't be brought out or that we don't need to repeat or know about even. And we can tear people down that's not good. We need to be building people up, lifting them to Christ. And you know, if, if uh, we've even got this nowadays in, in circles that Pearl and I are in, um, people that have been torn down and they're being destroyed, Satan loves that. He would like to destroy what God has made. But we need to tell our people, our friends, and the young people especially, God made you. You are a special person. You didn't happen by accident. Came from nowhere and going nowhere. That's not true. The Heavenly Father made us, separated us from all others, gave blessings to us. And we've got somewhere to go. We're going to be a child of the King. You can hold your head up. You're going to get an inheritance. You can hold your head up. So we need to look for the good and talk about the good things. Love is positive attitude. That's a very good statement. We reach for the highest. We need to think, I was thinking of the Ten Commandments on part of this as well, so I wrote them out on the side, but I wrote them very, very brief because I'm not going to preach a whole sermon on the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I think that's going to become a Sabbath school lesson. 
As often we say there's ten, and sometimes we pick out the Sabbath, and that's the only one we expand on. Interesting. Somebody told me that. <laughs> you know, a wife is good. She can always encourage and point you the way. <laughs> she said it was my job, though. But instead of talking always on one topic about the Sabbath, when you're talking about all ten, why not have a Sabbath school lesson on every one of the ten items? Wouldn't that be interesting? How do you win over... Item number two, item number five, item number seven. How do you win over those things? What are they all about in our life? So the, in the Ten Commandments, the first one is to love God only. It says with all your heart, soul, and mind. Okay, we need to be doing those things. Uh, busy serving God. Get busy serving the Lord. And it's also in Exodus 20, and I liked reading it also in Deuteronomy 5 and verse 6 and so on about being busy for the Lord and serving the Heavenly Father only. Ten Commandments are in both places, right? So it's good to read them and see what the differences are. Um, God is saying that he's the only God. He wants us to love him only. And have nobody else as a challenging mate or a challenging partner or whatever you call it, a foot race. You know, you've got two people, one's for this strength and one's for that strength. No, don't do that. God doesn't want any challenging to the point where he, he is God and that's it. He's the only one, the only living God, the only one alive. He is it. In the Old Testament, you'd say, well, What's your God? And they would name off some name. We're not even supposed to say those names. We do when we hear them in the Bible, read them, or, or on an audio tape while we're following along. Um, we hear those names, but we should not dwell on them. Don't think those, those are their God's names. This country had that God, that country had that God, that country. What, what's the name of your God? Do we have an answer? Yeah, we do. We do have an answer. We should be able to state it and talk about it. Uh, not objects and things that can, oh, and habits or whatever, they can all get in our way, right? They can become a God to us. We've got to make sure that we don't let that happen. And then, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. I like these, I wrote, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. I thought, you know, there's a saying that floats around. What part of thou shalt not don't you understand? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. And they're so relevant, so relevant, so popular in many fields, many things around us that could end up being some kind of a god or people bow to them or uh, they say, well, it's a good luck charm. I got this rabbit's foot in my... No, you don't do that thing, right? That is wrong. That's the thou shalt not. Um, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. We need to actually know what constitutes taking God's name in vain or involving God's name. And it's more than just a swear word. It's when what he stands for, who he is, that we take in vain. We must not do that. 
remember, uh, yes, I just wrote remember, and I didn't put three dots, but the next, the fourth commandment, remember what this command is. Well, if you never did it before, how can you remember? You weren't there. Ah, so you go back a few chapters, and the Sabbath was really important, really enforced. Yeah, then you could say, remember, because I already taught you that lesson is what God's saying. Remember, to keep the Sabbath day holy. I heard that kind of a joke thing uh, this week, that which is the best day of the uh, Sunday or Monday? And uh, the answer for the joke was, was Monday is a weekday. So Sunday must be the best day. Ah, but you know what? That's a trick too, isn't it? Satan is fooling with us. It should be the question, who is, which day is better, Sabbath or Sunday? Sabbath was sanctified, made holy, blessed, and never removed. That blessing's never been removed, never revoked. That's the best day. Okay. Uh, let's go on. Honor thy father and thy mother. We definitely need to think on that and what it means to honor and to, uh, to take care of that business, you might say, of honoring your parents. Uh, then uh, thou shalt not kill. Again, we need to know more than just killing uh, in uh, in warfare, this is not just warfare. We can kill their personality, their mannerisms, their behavior, their their um, uh, what's another word I need? Uh, who they are, what they're all about. You can damage them and just kill them through de defacing them. Um, don't commit adultery. You need to know what constitutes adultery and what's not adultery. And what's about all this all about marriage? Um, we need to have some sermons on that. Thou shalt not steal. You know, I went to work at Sears and they said, do not take home a pen. Because that's stealing. And if you're going to steal a pen, you might steal a nickel or a quarter when it actually belongs to Sears. Or a dollar. Somebody could give you a tip they shouldn't give you. And you don't write it down. You don't put it in the till. You, you, know, you just sort of, nobody saw that, did they? Somebody did see it. There's an all-seeing eye watching. Yeah, you don't do those things. Bearing false witness. It was so bad in the Old Testament lifestyle that if people bear false witness, they would be put to death. And if they lied about a situation that was happening, trying to get this person in trouble, that they would have a certain major problem in their life or judgment on them, if that was false, that same judgment went on that person. Uh-oh, yeah, yeah, you better be careful. Okay, and the last one is, thou shalt not covet. My neighbor has this really pretty house. They cut down this big tree in front of the house and they've got this red brick and they've got these black shutters on the sides of white windows. It's got the slate-colored roof. Uh, it's got roses out front. Big green grass. Thou shalt not covet. <laughs> I don't want his house. You know, God gave me a phenomenal house. God has always given me things along the way. 
We don't need to want what's not ours. Yeah, pretty amazing that God wants us to not covet because he wants to supply all of our needs, right? He will. He's got the, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah, no problem in taking care of us. So we need to offer Christ's love to others. We notice that every day people are sad and uh, sorrowful. There's times uh, just a lot of difficulty in people's lives. And we need to give them that blessing. There's a verse in Romans 13 verse 8 that says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. You shouldn't even owe them the love that is deserving to them or should be given to them. Don't owe it. Just do it. <laughs> Take care of business. Love them and give it to them. Don't spend money there. So many people, almost everybody is in debt. We should not be in debt. You can own a credit card because you can't get on an airplane ticket and you can't do this or rent a car. You can't do this and this without a card, right? But what about the end of the month? Is it paid off? It ought to be. Every month your credit card could be paid off. There's a lot in the Bible about financing. And if they're going to charge you 20%, 25% in some cases, and more or less, they're stealing from you. God's trying to give you blessings, and they're taking you. Another verse says you put money in your pocket, and there's holes in there, and it's falling out the bottom. That's a Bible verse. Because you thought you had $100 and instead, you only got $80 of it because somebody else got it. That's bad news. Just don't do it. There's a lot of Bible helps. There's a lot of people that help along that line in uh, financial security for Christians and so on. And Pearl and I went through some of those years ago. What would that be? 30 years ago? Well, not quite. 25 years ago. And we couldn't keep up at first. There was a little problem with us moving to another state <laughs> and trying to get a house and rent and so on. There was a little problem, so we could just barely stay going, getting jobs and so on. But we were determined to get out of it. In the next year or two, we got out of debt, and we've never been in debt since. Wow. Can God do that? Yes, he does. He can do that. Okay. So don't owe people those, those things that you shouldn't have to. Um, love others and give the Christian, uh, uh, give your, your blessings to, uh, of Christianity and Christ-like behavior to others uh, so that they can grow spiritually and be drawn to you. I want to go to 1 John. First John. This is the, the chapter of the Bible, or the book of the Bible, that has all the tests that you don't want to write, that you need to do. First um, John three fourteen, three verse fourteen. Marvel not, my brethren. Uh, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Ooh. Did you get that? 
I like that school teacher guy. He'd say something like that. And Did you get that the first time? <laughs> How many got that? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> we have passed from death unto life. If we accept Christ as our Savior, do the rules that are here in First John. Just read the First John and see what the what the test question is, and he gives the answers as well. By the way, and and if you're doing that, then you have life. You have accepted the Heavenly Father. You're living His way. You're going to have the good things of life because that's what God wants us to have. But if we hate our brother, we become a murderer. That's there. Okay? So let's keep going. Um, love others uh, should not only be in words and deeds, but it needs to be in First John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. So let's go down to 17 and 18. Uh, might as well get 15, 16 as well. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Okay. Uh, hereby perceive we the love of God. How do, you, how do you know God's love? It says you can perceive as well as understand and all the other things. You can perceive the love of God because... He laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whoa, that's heavy. But whoso hath this world's goods and seeth his brother in um, brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Wow, oh, that's a pretty tight verse, isn't it? How can you say you love and you don't? You don't extend the love in this capacity or this point. Okay. We need to be willing to help one another, shore one another up, guide them, guidance, especially spiritual things. We should be able to lift people and guide them, help them along. That's money as well, isn't it? I often think of it that way, that if you win a person to Christ in their current life that they're in and all the disasters that's in their life and, and then they're going to end up going to the hot place. Okay. Or do we give them salvation, teach them about Jesus Christ, teach them the true way, get them to accept Christ as their Savior, what have they got then? They got it all. God's blessings, God's protection, God's this and that, all, all these things here on this earth. And then... In the end, eternal life. Wow. Okay, we got something to give away, something to give them. We need to visualize what Christ can do for others. Uh, in in uh, 1 Peter chapter uh, 4 and verse 8, it says, Charity shall cover a multitude. We maybe can't explain that very well, but we have to believe the Bible says it right. So in other words, if you bring them to salvation, bring them to Christianity and get them to accept Christ as their Savior, it's going to cover all those sins that they had in the past, right? Multitudes of sin. In many cases, that's really true. Love sees possibilities. It sees hope. It sees help for people through Christ. Love knows that by Christ's power, every person can be blessed. You talk to some people on the street, they'll say, be blessed, or God bless you. 
But we know that's a really true statement. We can bless somebody. We can give them that. Um, love acts on possibilities. It takes steps to win others to Christ. It takes steps. Remember, we have those pens at the back there. They're in boxes or in little cloth things. Give them away. You may give them salvation. There's a website on there. They can go there and they can look at the website. They can look through things. They can read things. They can hear things. You may be giving them eternal life. And really bless them. We can pray for them in Jesus' name. We can give them faith. We can help them with good deeds and witnessing that we can give them special blessings. Exemplify the spirit of Christ to others. Read the red parts of the four Gospels or read all of the four Gospels and live what Christ did, what he lived. Act like Christ. Do what Christ did because that's a blessing. Be kind and affectionate one to another with brotherly love. That's from Romans um, 12 and verse 10. Christ was kind, compassionate, understanding. Uh, even the little children, when they came around, the others wanted to shh, 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 stay away, you know, stay back. And what did Jesus do? He stopped everything. He said, bring the little children to me. And he said, well, would you put your hands on them? Or he said, I'll, I'll touch them. I will touch them. I'll put my hands on them. Because there was blessings coming from his body. Eternal life from his body. Yes, we should be a real blessing to the young ones because Jesus was. The love that Jesus had, we need to emulate, act like it, do, do the same. We need to manifest through his spirit, Christ's spirit, in us every day. Others will respond to the spirit of Christ when they see the fruits of the spirit in us. Whoops. Something for us to do. We need to get busy developing the fruit of the Spirit and giving it away. Turn with me to Galatians 5. Galatians 5. This is my last verse. Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. The bad stuff is just above this. You can read it. We don't want to be any part of that stuff. God always shows us both sides, right? He shows us the bad stuff, and he said, you ought to know enough to stay away from that. And then he shows us the good stuff, and he says, I sure hope you like it, and I sure hope you're going to accept it. He wants to give those good things. So verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, that's the first thing, the first the topic of the day. <laughs> okay. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. You don't have to worry about a law against these things. But you need to be doing them, right? What a blessing to be able to be doing these things. If you have these things in you, they should be part of us. They should be in us. Be able to do it and act like that. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, we better have, with all the affections and lusts. Get the whole thing out of there. Get it crucified, get it away from us. 
If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We, we say, yes, we believe in the Spirit. We, we believe in acting uh, with a spiritual attitude. We need to have Christ's Spirit in us and minimize or put away a, a mankind of spirit, get rid of that. Uh, that's in those up above, isn't it? Uh, we need to walk in the Spirit of the Heavenly Father, walk in the Spirit of Christ, have the Holy Spirit directing our lives. Let us not be desirous of vainglory. Provoke one another, envying one another. Don't do those things. Don't provoke one another. Don't agitate the situation because that's not Christ-like. He wouldn't be doing that. So for each of us, we need to show that spiritual life and be able to witness to people through what they see in our life, what we enjoy, what we do, what we love, so that we can um, look the best to others for Christ's sake, so that they'll want Christ, to offer Christ's love to others, actually witness to them, tell them the story of salvation and so on. Um, to visualize, in fact, in our Sabbath school lessons, that uh, lessons that I'm making, I hope they're going to last. There's supposed to be 50 of them or more, but we don't have to finish one each each week. But we're, we've done so many of this, and now we ran across Satan. One of the ones that's coming up real soon is how to give away your faith. What is it all about? Yeah. What is the real spiritual life? So we need to be able to give that to others, teach them, and then um, living as Christ would have us live and, and that we would exemplify, that we would be example to others. May God bless you.